0: Welcome to The Automators. I'm David Sparks and joined by my co-host, Rosemary Orchard. This is The Automators, where we talk about how to automate your technology to do your work for you. Hello, Rosemary Orchard. How are you today?
1: I'm good, David. I've been automating all the things. Not that this is a different to usual. I've been focusing on tiny things recently, and it's been a lot of fun. How are you?
0: Yeah, you and I were talking about it, and you've come up with a bunch of little automations, which I think... I'm a big fan of, you know, I, I think that for a lot of people, you they don't want to write, you know, 50 line Apple scripts or whatever, you know. And uh, but just really short bits of automation that you can put in to grease the skids of your technology is a good idea. And you've got a bunch of different categories here today. So we're gonna dig into that. Uh before we do though, I just want to thank everyone for the support with the purchase of the Devon Thinkfield Guide. I know a lot of the automator's audience did that, and I appreciate it. Now, Rose and I are going to do, at some point in the future, a show on Dev and Think Automation, because I covered it in the field guide, but there's a lot you can do with uh, yeah. automation there. So that that's a future show. Let us know if you have any questions on that. But today, we're going to be talking about short little bits of automation, and then maybe at the end, we're going to get into uh, to Rose's new gear. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we definitely need to have a look at this purple M1 iMac, David, because it's so gorgeous and it works so well. uh But we'll get back to that in a bit because I've been writing AppleScript again. AppleScript, David, all the AppleScript.
0: Yes, AppleScript. It's still a thing, you know. um It is. I, you know, I, I hear that once a while from people saying, you know, should I learn AppleScript or not? And. Uh, I do have a little bit of a qualification. I think if you're going to be doing a lot of automation for uh, iPhone and iPad, if you're going mobile, I think JavaScript will serve you better at this point because, you know, Apple script isn't over there. And uh, I wish that Apple had put Apple events and Apple script into the iPad and iPhone because Apple script is really quite powerful. But if you work at the Mac Sometimes there are automation problems for which there is no solution but an Apple script and I find myself still writing it often.
1: Yeah. Um and honestly if some of these were created like there are other ways to do this stuff but equally this was a very efficient way of doing things um and also it means that i can reuse these apple scripts in multiple different places okay so i can put them um i can use the osa plugin for stream deck we'll have a, a link to that one in the show notes um to, to run an Apple script from my stream deck directly or I can include the, the same text in a bunch file so that I can run it as part of um, a setup for when when I'm switching. So for example before the show today I used bunch to launch my record automator setup and one of the things it did is it opened system preferences to the sound pane. Well it's kind of tricky to do that in any way but Apple script but with Apple script it was really easy to do um, and works perfectly. Um, and so, you know, things like that, being able to, you know, write just a few words, it really is just a few words um, to have it do something that you can't necessarily otherwise do is really useful.
0: Yeah. And so the specific problem that you're talking about is getting to a specific system setting pane. And that is actually not so easily automated. I mean, Apple Mm -mm. doesn't really have a uh, like, for instance, the new shortcuts for Mac is doesn't have commands to open a specific settings panel. And Mm -hmm. sometimes there are settings panels that you need to get into. And sometimes they're two or three clicks deep into the system. Um, The other problem with the system preferences panel on the Mac that I find is I just find the organization of it completely inscrutable. Um, I don't really understand the organization.
1: Yeah, I spent so long the other day looking for the security and preferences pane because I just kept missing it. I forgot that it was a house, I was looking for a key. Um, And it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, this again. Um, You know, and it happens, you know, to all of us. We're we're looking for something and we just, we can't see it um, because it's right there in front of our face. But equally, you know, just being able to go, hey, I frequently use these two system preferences panes. I will just, you know, put, um, I, I'll just put those in my stream deck or I'll have um, a little Alfred uh, workflow that just runs the the Apple script because you can do that with Alfred as well and opens it for me. And being able to do that is easy. Of course, actually, you can just open um, a specific system preferences pane from Alfred. If I open Alfred and I type sound, you can jump straight to the sound system preferences pane. But for other Apple scripts, that could be useful too. Um, but yeah, it, you know, it is surprisingly difficult to do what you would think was a basic thing on macOS at times.
0: Yeah, I agreed. And and that's where these tiny Apple scripts can come in handy because I I think the thing that to understand about Apple script is that it addresses applications directly, you know, and yeah, that's done not only by Apple, you know, Apple uh, in this case Apple has uh, created Apple script hooks into specific views of the system preferences but also third-party applications like I was telling Rose before we started today I recently wrote an apple script where if I'm in omnifocus and I have a task selected and I hit the number pad one it defers it out one day from today you know and it's just a, a little script that Changes the defer date, but that is addressable via AppleScript and OmniFocus, and I don't think there's any other way to do that. I mean, uh, there is there is no shell script or uh, JavaScript that I'm aware of that can go on OmniFocus and change a parameter of a record, and that's why AppleScript is still worthy of you know of learning and, and fiddling with. But yeah. but what Rose did, and this is kind of something I want to focus on here for a minute is she put together all these little tiny scripts that we could all use. And then you put them up on GitHub.
1: Yeah, so um, there's a link to this in the show notes. I just put it there myself uh, to make sure that it's there. It's the second link, the first one's the Stream Deck plugin to run Script because I know you're probably going to want a way to use this directly before that. Um, but they're just all there uh, in the GitHub repo. So there's syspref sound, which in case people can't guess, is system preferences sound pane. Um, there's also syspref update, which is system preferences update pane. And then there's some other ones as well, because I found recently one of the things that I end up doing a lot is I I copy some stuff and then I want to put it in drafts. Now, I could use PopClip, which we're going to come back to later in the show because I have been using PopClip a lot. But... I don't have PopClip in some applications just because it it ends up getting in the way of what I'm doing, especially coding all day long. Um, it would be very frustrating if it was popping up all the time in my code editor. But sometimes I still need to get that text into drafts. Um, and so I end up copying it and then I just hit a button on my stream deck and that runs an Apple script to um, open it in drafts. Um, and, and it just creates a new note with that Apple script, uh, with, with my clipboard. And it's pretty easy. Uh, I have to say, David, I was impressed when I was looking at all this stuff um, at how easy it was actually to write some of these because I'm somebody who doesn't really end up writing a lot of Apple script just because there are alternatives most of the time for what I need. Um, but as people who have tried JXA before, that's JavaScript for automation on Mac, it was supposed to be the successor to Apple script. It's buggy. Okay, so AppleScript you can write something in AppleScript. So say for example, um I'm I'm just going to say uh, tell uh, application drafts to create um a new clipboard with uh, a, a new note with a clipboard. It's actually to make new draft with properties content the clipboard. But you can do that. You can write theoretically the exact same thing but in JavaScript and it won't work. Well, that particular one might work, but there will be things where you've written and you're technically having it run the exact same commands in AppleScript and in JavaScript, and the JavaScript just doesn't work or it bugs out or something. And that's not JavaScript the language's fault. It's somehow Apple didn't quite hook everything into Apple events quite the same way. So things just don't work very well. Um, And it's a shame because I actually... I've spent about 50% of my time developing in JavaScript. Um, and so it would be really good if I could reuse those skills with automation. So uh, I actually put my uh, skills in for J- with JavaScript to use a different way, David, this week. And I wrote a couple of bookmarklets to uh, get some data off of a web page so that I can uh, easily copy it and use it elsewhere. But you know, it is very easy to write a single line of AppleScript and have it do great things.
0: Yeah, I would recommend if you're unfamiliar with AppleScript, um, if you want to like do the proper thing and get a book on it, I think um, Sal Segoyan's uh, AppleScript One Two Three is probably the book to start with. Um, yeah. there are other ones out there that are good too, but you know, Sal's a friend, and uh, when I read it, I hear his voice, and I took his course at MacWorld, and I, I think you know he he's the guy who was writing AppleScript for Apple for so long. Um, but the uh, but another good way to learn AppleScript, honestly is to grab somebody else's Apple script and start fiddling with it. And that's basically how I created that omnifocus script is I started looking at a bunch of previously created omnifocus scripts that other people made and I started twisting the dials on it and making changes until I got it working the way I want it. And then I just, you know, put it into a keyboard maestro trigger and used the number pad as the trigger for the script. Um Rose's scripts here are very readable. Let's start with the first one. And that is the, uh, and this is all downloadable from the GitHub. So you can just go to the link from the show notes and download it. The first one is a system preferences sound script. So uh, you want to get to the sound um, system preference. And I know why Rose created this because she's a podcaster and she's probably always changing her inputs or her mics and outputs. And who wants to go through the process of all those clicks to get there?
1: Yeah. Or even actually, honestly, just having to use all of, you know, command space, SOU return doesn't take very long. But when I know I need to do it as part of something else that's already being automated, yeah, it feels like it takes a very long time when I could just, oh, wait, I can have bunch run an Apple script. So I actually have um, most of these scripts live in my Bunch folder because then Bunch can just run them with you just type the file name the the name of the Apple script with .scpt at the end. Yeah. Um, and then um, you put it sorry you put a star at the beginning of the line space name of your file uh, .scpt. Now some of you might be looking at this going, Bruce, why didn't you just call this um, script um, System Preferences? hyphen sound or something uh the reason is if you include spaces in your file names it suddenly gets much more complicated to automate things uh, so that's why it's syspref sound um, yeah you know I, i'm used to naming variables as a programmer at the very least i end up taking the spaces out and capitalizing the words so that you can um you know see which words are different words um and also i i don't know what it is david i always type preferences wrong I get the E and the C the wrong way around, or there's an extra S in there or a double F or something. You know what I hate? It,
0: <sighs> I hate that Apple calls it system preferences on the Mac and settings on the iPhone and iPad. I mean, it's yep. like, just pick one, <laughs> you know? Yep. It's like, it's the same thing and it's got two different names. I hate that. But anyway, um, uh, and Rose mentioned Bunch. Bunch is a launcher application or you can do like setups on your screen. I do a lot of those with keyboard maestro, but you could also do it with, with bunch and in some ways they're faster and easier with bunch. And it's just an ingenious little thing created by our pal, Brett Terpstra. And we talked about this in great detail when Jay Miller was on the show. So if, if you're interested, I'd recommend going back and listening to the Jay Miller show, but um uh, so Bunch allows you to do this stuff. One of the things Bunch allows you to do is run a script at the time that you're doing it. So uh, what Rose was talking about is, you know, she's setting up to do a podcast. She can run this Apple script that opens up the system settings so to the sound panel so she can make sure everything is just right for her microphone and headphones mm-hmm. to record a show.
1: Yeah, yeah. So basically, all I do is I, I literally just open the sound preferences. Most of the time, it should just be showing me that it is using my microphone input and output. I try to condense my podcasting into a couple of days a week so that there aren't so many days when I'm fiddling with my setup. Yeah. Um, but it it is really you know useful just to have that check. Even if I was literally podcasting an hour earlier, uh, every so often my my uh, because I use AirPods Max um, to podcast with, I use them with a cable plugged in. But every so often uh, they're connected via Bluetooth, and it's trying to use the microphone in the AirPods Max um, as my microphone. That's not great. Um, and I, I don't like it when it does that. That is very frustrating for, you know, me and of course, you know, everybody else because the editor gets that file. I, I can imagine Jim, our wonderful editor, might be less than impressed. I can imagine you, our listeners, would be less than impressed. And David, I don't think you'd be particularly happy either because we'd have to record the show again. Um, so it's, you know, it's a quick two-second glance. Oh, yeah, we're good um, here. Um, and so, yeah. Do you want me to read the Apple script, David? I think I'm um, yeah. not going to put people to sleep with this because well, not it's really. four lines. Yeah,
0: I don't think you're going to put people to sleep because it's it's a very short story. Um,
1: yeah, it is. So first so line. You, I'll
0: read the first line. You tell me what it does. How about this? Okay. Okay. Sounds first good. line is tell application, open quote, system preferences, close quote. So tell right. application, so, system preferences.
1: Yeah. So you're going to talk to system preferences. So it knows now, okay, this is the information. Inside this tell, okay, which is a a group of of commands, I'm going to do this, okay? So you start with tell application, and I'm going to spoil the ending, David. You end with end tell, and then you indent everything inside of that. So all the things inside of that, are you talking to that application? And you put it in quotes because there's a space in it, and you need it to be uh, quoted so that that space is read, so it's not trying to tell application system Preferences? Well, it's preferences. It doesn't understand. You need, you need those quotation marks. And yeah. do it even if the application name is only one word.
0: And the thing that's, you know, a little bit of a surprise for some folks uh, is that system preferences is an app, you know? <laughs> it, yeah. As I was talking earlier about writing a script for OmniFocus, it would say tell application OmniFocus. But system preferences is an app. So you can go in. So now you can address system preferences. So the next line, okay, this one's a long one. Everybody hold on activate that's it all right
1: <laughs> yeah so basically it's going hey system preferences wake up please and it, that's because if you don't activate system preferences the next line is not going to work because it needs to be awake and alert and ready to receive the following command
0: yeah so you first you tell the application and the next line you tell it to activate which is making it in, in essence the uh, the focus of the apple script it's like okay i'm open do with me as you will. And uh, yeah. then the next line is set current pain to pain id com dot preferences dot sound, and that is in quotes.
1: Yes. So what you're doing is you're setting the current pane. So inside of system preferences, all those different areas. Um, so for example, up software update, um, iCloud, et cetera, they're all panes. Um And so you're saying, hey, set your current pane, which is the pane that's currently open, the view that's open, to the pane with the ID com.apple.preference.sound. And each of these has a different name. Unfortunately, as you can guess, com.apple.preference.sound is not the easiest way. Um, I think I have a link bookmarked, and I will try and get that into the show notes, of the name of all of the different system preferences panes, because... um, Guessing what they are is not super easy, um. Because sometimes, sometimes it's preference. Sometimes it's preferences. David, I'm not sure why.
0: Yeah, it, um, it is nuts. <laughs> I mean, it, it, well, I think what happened is multiple people were implementing this, and they didn't stop to like have a common thing. Like I, I had the yeah. same thing. I I was recently, um, scripting Apple Apple Mail with Apple Script, and I was trying. What was it that I was doing? I was trying to set the. Um, I was trying to set the the box, the mailbox, and it was working except for the inbox. And after a bunch of trial and error, I discovered that if you're addressing inbox, it had to be in all caps. But any other mailbox, it didn't have to be in all caps. You know, it's just that's why people um, gripe about AppleScript because it's quirky like that and. This is just another example, but but uh, I don't want to like bury the lead here. That this line is the is the actual one line script that you're running. Everything else is just set up. You know, you're telling it to look at system preferences. You tell it to activate. Then you tell it to go to this pane. And like Rose said, we're going to have a link in the show notes that has all of these panes um as as Apple Script expects to see them. So if you want to go to, you know, some other pane, whatever that be, maybe an appearance or whatever, um, we can uh, you all you have to do is change that that quotes, whatever's in those quotes to what you find at that web page, and you can AppleScript automate opening a specific preference pane. Maybe you're not a podcaster, but you're opening some other pane multiple times a day, and you want an easy way to get to it.
1: Well, for example, the displays pane, so I have just added this link to the show notes. It's actually from the device management profile, so that's people who use stuff like Jamf to manage devices. Um, But you can use all of these names in Apple Scripts anyway. But if, for example, you are somebody who's in and out of meetings, and therefore you're connecting to projectors and stuff, um, or, you know, um, large displays, um, then you might want to be opening the display preferences frequently. Um, and so, you know, you can do that with displays, um, And that's right there. Um, plural. Though, displays,
0: so, not displays. Yes,
1: displays, plural. Um, but if you want Bluetooth, it's Bluetooth with a capital B. Yeah. Um, and so these are all here. So you don't need to remember these. Don't start writing this stuff down. Um, just look at the links in the show notes. It's right there for you.
0: And you don't have to go spelunking to figure them out and like try yeah, every iteration. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So whether you need trackpad preferences, the App Store that's here for some reason, wallet preferences, users, uh, software update displays, whatever it is, it's all here. There's even David DigiHub disks. <laughs> I don't. I don't quite know what that is. I'm, I'm tempted to find out, but I'm not going to do it as part of the show.
0: Yeah. Well, and that is a a great short Apple script that anybody can take and implement. So. Uh, You can go to, I'm sorry, I should be uh, a completionist here. There's one more line, and that line says Intel. And that just means you're done.
1: Yeah, so the tell line and the end tell line are left aligned, and then the activate and the set current pain lines are indented by one tab. Now, you don't have to remember to write this when you're writing AppleScript, whether you use a script editor, that's the native um, script editor application built into the Mac, um, or if you're using, there's a great application called Script Debugger, which has got a beautiful little ladybird on the uh, icon, and... Um, Again, a link to that application is in the show notes. There is a compile command, and it will automatically move everything around and indent things correctly um, so that your your script is correctly formatted.
0: So this is a really easy one. It's got just four lines, essentially a one-line script. And uh, you can download it uh, from Rose's GitHub, and you can go to the uh, the link in the show notes and, uh, and customize it to whatever system preference you need to automate. This episode of the Automators Podcast is brought to you by Privacy. Go to privacy.com slash automators to make smarter payments and get $5 to spend on your first purchase. The internet is full of wonders and cool things you can buy, but it's also full of risk. Where are you going to put your precious credit card number? Who are you going to trust? Well, a lot of times you find something you may want to purchase, but you're not sure about the vendor, so you're afraid to actually go through with it. That happens to me all the time. At least it did until I found privacy. Privacy lets you take back control of your payments. With privacy, you can decide who can charge your card how much, and how often, and you can close these cards anytime you want. I like to think of privacy as a separate brick wall between my credit card accounts and the internet. It just gives me a way to further keep that precious information out of the hands of people that I don't necessarily trust. And with privacy, you can make sure that you're never accidentally billed twice or upgraded to another service without your consent. Privacy is also partnered with the folks over at 1Password. You can create, use, and save privacy cards directly within your 1Password dashboard. All virtual cards created in 1Password will have the same security benefits as your other privacy cards, and you can set spend limits, create single-use or merchant-lock cards whenever you want. So head over to privacy.com automators and sign up for an account. I'd be honest. I never heard of Privacy until they started sponsoring the show, and when I went to the website, I was immediately sold. And if you go to privacy.com/automators, you'll automatically get five dollars to spend on your first purchase. So once again, that's privacy.com/automators. Sign up now and start protecting yourself from the internet. Our thanks to Privacy for their support of the Automators and all of Relay FM. All right, so in the last section, I called it a one-liner, but it was really a four-liner. You got any actual yeah. one-liners in here?
1: Yeah, I do. I've got a couple of them, actually. Um, and I'm going to go uh, with the one at the bottom of the list for now, because it's right there. Um, and that's Quit Unclack. Um, and so for people who don't know Unclack, it's you can get it at uh, unclack.app. sorry. Uh, again, link to that in the show notes. Uh, this is an application which mutes your, your uh, device when you type. Um, Okay, so if you are connected to a physical, uh, if you've got a physical keyboard plugged into your machine um, and you type during meetings, but people complain because you've got a loud clicky keyboard, um, then you can actually have unclack mute your input while you type. Um, And this is a really great thing. But you know what? I can't use it when I'm podcasting because I copy links to show notes and stuff and it cuts my input. Um, And so I have to quit unclack. On a fairly frequent basis. Well, I can do that with this one-liner, which is tell application, unclack, and that's in, bri- in, in quotation marks. And then there's no l- new line. It's just to quit at the end. That's it. All done. A whole Apple script in one line.
0: Yeah. My favorite example of a one-liner is just the say command. If you ever yes. just want to be a goofy person and make your computer talk, open the editor, the Apple script editor, or it's now called script editor and just type say and then put in quotes whatever you want your computer to say and um occasionally like my computer will have conversations with my kids as I'm sitting on the couch and it uh, it was really cute when they were young and now they just barely can stand it at this point
1: <laughs> yes well i mean it, it's it's good fun you can do that one in, in shortcuts as well with the speak text command yeah. um and that that's a one action shortcut if we get some time we'll we'll go to Short shortcuts at the end, and, and see what we can do there. But yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do with one line in in AppleScript, which I think people might not know, um, because some of these things are actually very easy to do in shortcuts, but they're not so easy to do on the Mac. So, for example, if you want to open a specific note in Notes, well, that's kind of tricky. But you know, you can just say "tell application Notes to show note," and then you put the title of your note in there, David, and it works
0: yeah and it, it's the note title that you want to get so there's not a, like a unique identifier for apple notes you actually use the note title
1: yeah um but it works um and i i use that uh all the time because uh, i have a, a shared note with mike sergeant who i host ios today with and yeah. we check our show ideas for future shows in there um and then uh you know when when it comes to time to the actual prepping of the show then you know we pull out an idea and i'm go off to Google Sheets where, where the actual planning happens. But, you know, individual notes are pretty useful as part of an automation, especially if they're a shared note. But sometimes you actually share folders and you can do exactly the same thing again um, with folders where you just tell application notes to show folder and then the folder is the name of the folder.
0: Yeah. And the uh, those are both downloadable scripts from your GitHub, but let's just uh, yep. do the open note one. The script is tell application... Sound familiar? And mm-hmm. then notes in quotes to show note. And then you put the name of the note in quotes. It's, it's, it, the stuff is fairly obvious when you look at it. But like if you had to come up with it from scratch, there are so many places that you'd, you'd never be able to do it. You know, you've got to just take somebody's existing one and do it and do this. Cause like, do, do you uh, capitalize show or, you know, there's all these different things you can yeah. do to mess up the script. But once you get this language down, it's very easy. I would imagine that's one you also probably run out of bunch.
1: Yep. I I primarily run it out of bunch, but it's also a stream deck button for me. Um, uh, So, a lot of these I am running through the the OSA script plugin, which is linked in the show notes um, on Stream Deck. But one of the things I, I'm switching to a little bit with that is I'm actually running script files through Keyboard Maestro. Because this way um, I don't have potentially two, three, four different um, versions of um, the same script in multiple places. Um, instead I have one script file and I can run that from potentially multiple buttons on my stream deck. I can run it from potentially multiple bunches. Um, and I, I can also just, you know, run the script file. Um, and fast scripts, um, is something we should mention. They've sponsored the show before. Great application for putting Apple script in your menu bar and assigning keyboard shortcuts to it as well. Yeah. Um, which is, which is great. Um, because all of these scripts I then also have in, in fast scripts because, you know, um, it. This way, if I'm looking for something, oh yeah, I know it's an Apple script. I just click the thing, I just click the thing, and then and then I'm I'm good. It's done. Um, so yeah, I have multiple ways of running the same scripts, but I try to have one source of truth. I don't have the same script three or four times, and I've modified it in one place, but I haven't changed it in another um, or something because that's that's what happens, right? You you have one piece of data saved and you try to use it the same thing everywhere and then you modify it in one place and everything goes wrong. Um, this happened when we changed the the Google Sheet that we use for iOS today. It took me weeks to find all the different places that I put that URL in and uh, I'm, I'm now... David using it. Uh, there are two places where it lives. There's uh, a text file inside of iCloud Drive and Data Jar, and that's it. So now, next time it changes, which will probably not be until next year or so, um, then uh, it, it'll be easy to update.
0: Yeah, but I, I do recommend that whether you use uh, FastScripts or uh, Keyboard Maestro. I think those are, I'm sorry, yeah, Keyboard Maestro or FastScripts, those are two of the best ways to do it. But I recommend having some sort of AppleScript launcher, Um the um, yep. you. I mean, there are other ways to launch these scripts that don't require a third party app, but I just find having the third party app makes it so much easier. And then I end up using the scripts more often. And like Rose, I like to have like these scripts in one place so I can make changes to them easier. And, yes. and just to get back to the point you were making earlier about how like it, there is no easy way to automate opening an Apple Note. There are a lot of pesky problems on the Mac that are easily solvable with shortcuts on iOS and hopefully eventually shortcuts on Mac. But there really isn't a good way to solve them as we sit here today. Uh, One of the ones that I was bumping into was like opening particular mailboxes or moving uh, mail to particular mailboxes. I mean, uh, starting with Catalina, uh, Apple allowed you to remove the unified inbox from Apple Mail and you can put um multiple boxes kind of under the favorites tab and they have mm-hmm. built-in keyboard shortcuts if you hold down uh oh man now I've got to remember what it is I think it's control com- command and the number corresponding to the mailbox where it is in the favorites list it will yeah, move Yeah so
1: it's just command um and then the number for me but I do have um an all inboxes option there um, but underneath that, I've got, you know, drops uh, and flex.
0: Well, that that jumps to the mailbox, but I'm talking about moving the current oh, message. Oh, yes. And I think yes. it's control command. Of if. But the problem is if you accidentally resort that favorites list, then number five no longer corresponds to the one you thought. And in my case, I have three email accounts I'm running through Apple Mail. And then I've got like multiple boxes that I want to address in each account. And 10 slots is just not enough. You know, I run out of numbers. And mm-hmm. um, and that's a that problem. It seems insurmountable, but there's an Apple script that it's not a one-liner. We're not gonna get into it today because there's too much to it. But you can write an Apple script that will move that um message to a specific mailbox that you identify in the script. So it's it's number one, it allows you to address more than 10. And number two, it always works. Like if you move the the mailboxes in your favorites list—it doesn't care because that's not what it's doing. And that's a feature that Apple really didn't write into AppleScript, but you can add as a savvy automator. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um and it is—you know—I think a lot of people think, "Oh, AppleScript—it's going to be difficult and complicated, and so on." So the ones that I've got on GitHub, the vast majority of them, you can download them and run them as they are. There are some where you might need to replace parts of it. So, for example, the name of the note that you want to open in Apple Notes or the name of the folder. And those you will be able to spot easily because, first of all, I put a comment at the top of the file so you can see what, what it is that you need to do. And secondly, you know, it, it's there inside of square brackets um, inside the file. And so you delete the name, including the square brackets, um, and then you, you'll be good to go. Um, and that's it. So... I'm hoping that I've made this nice and easy for you because I think a lot of people out there are using, um, you know, notes and things like that because it works for them. And, you know, I, I certainly do use notes because it works for me. Um, I also use drafts and so on. You know, you can use multiple applications. Notes is not as automatable, but I'm working with it with shortcuts and, uh, and some good old-fashioned Apple scripts. So it, it works for me.
0: All right. So you talked about drafts at the top of the show and you just mentioned it again, and you have a one-line script that addresses the max clipboard and creates a new draft. And this is another one you've yeah. got in your GitHub. It's downloadable. Yeah. Um, it the, the it's a one liner. So I'm going to break it in. Well, I guess I'm just going to tell everybody the whole line. Tell application yeah. drafts to make a new draft with properties, and then you have the squiggly bracket. This is content colon the clipboard. So yeah, um, let's start at the beginning. Tell application drafts to make a new yeah. draft. So it sounds pretty obvious, but explain what that does.
1: Yeah, so tell application drafts means we're going to talk to drafts. Two means all of the rest of the script is going to be on this one line. okay We're not doing the new line and the indentation that I talked about with the four line script before. This is a one line script and then it says to make um, and then okay, so we're creating something new. so it's it's not making an app, it's not making an append to a file. it's making a new and then draft. Um, So make new draft with properties, okay? Because you can just say teleplication drafts to make new draft. But I will specifically need to give it some data. So with properties, here's the data. And then the the curly brackets, this is going to be the data that I pass to it. Content, well, this is the content that's going to go into drafts. And then I've put the clipboard. Because the clipboard is something that you can grab. um, And it's always available. It's called the clipboard with a space in between. Lowercase. um, yeah. Yeah. Lowercase. Um, and it's there. But I could also, inside of these curly brackets, also pass a flagged state if I wanted it to be flagged or specific tags if I wanted to have things tagged in a certain way. So I'll actually link to the, um, the drafts um, uh, documentation for AppleScript here, because I think some people might want to actually specifically add things with certain tags. For example, um, actually, I should probably do this on my, my work machine. I'm not actually adding the tag right now on my work machine. It's just occurred to me, David, and I always keep my work drafts in a specific workspace um, with a tag. So I should I should modify my, my own AppleScript there.
0: Yeah, and you can add multiple properties. So like you can put content plus flag status. And you know draft started out as an iPhone and iPad app and uh, obviously didn't have any apple script support when greg brought the application to the mac he wrote in apple script support i mean the the app has to support it and uh, but because greg is greg of course it has great apple script support when it shows up on the mac but um that kind of brings up the subject of dictionaries can you explain what that is
1: yeah so a dictionary is just like a dictionary that you think of with words, okay. So you have a word and you've got your definition, okay. Or maybe it's the translation dictionary because it's it's a word and then okay, but here here's what you really mean. Um, and that's what we're doing here. So um, the the curly brackets here are the dictionary, and then content. Okay, so you, so you want content for me? That's the clipboard. Okay, so I'm going to give you the clipboard, and you're going to turn that into my draft, please. Um, but it could also be that you want flagged. And I'm going to say false. Okay, so the, the state of the flag is a true or a false. It either is flagged, true, or it's not flagged, false. You can also just not pass flagged in this case. Um, but you can also pass it tags um, and say, okay, tags. Well, tags, you've got to have a think for a moment, okay? Because tags here is plural. So you can't give it a tag singular. So you need to wrap that in those curly brackets again. And then each tag you need to quote because... Um, you know that it's a string, um, and um, so for it, in order for it to get passed through as a string, not as a variable, then you need to to, to quote that because otherwise, if you say tags um, colon curly bracket blue curly bra- close curly bracket, it's going to look for something called blue, and AppleScript doesn't know what blue is. So they're going wait, blue. What, what's blue? I don't know. Um, and it'll just go, eh, can't do that. Um, but if you quote it, then it just goes, here is blue, you know, and it, it doesn't look at what it is too much. It's kind of, you know, kind of like a postperson. Okay. Here's your letter. Okay. But if you just give them paper without any information on it, then what, what are they going to do with that? Well, your postman will probably recycle it on your behalf. Um, but he, AppleScript doesn't know how to do that. So it's just going to go, I don't know. And uh, crash um and and not be very helpful but if you format things correctly and you use a dictionary um to say this is what this means um then it can do everything for you or at least lots of things
0: yeah the dictionary really is the trick to all this as you start working in apple scripts you'll see apple scripts other people wrote in an app you may be trying to automate for me quite often it's OmniFocus and apple mail and the productivity apps i use and I can get so far with other people's scripts, but when you combine that with the dictionary that shows you the exact syntax they need, suddenly ideas start opening up to you. Yeah. Um, I want also before we we finish Apple Script, I just want to take a minute to talk about scripting tools for Apple Script. Now mm-hmm. um, there is a tool on the Mac that's native. When you open your Mac, it's already there. It's called Script Editor. Historically, it was called Apple Script Editor, but they changed the name three or four releases ago. Um, but that is where you can open and run these scripts. You can download from Rose. Uh, it has dictionary support. It's a it's a very credible um, application for modifying and running and editing these scripts. Um, it, but there's also one called Script Debugger. Um, mm-hmm. And Script Debugger was made, as I understand it, by one of the team members originally. I mean, it's been around since before Mac. OS 10. I mean, it's been around forever, and um, it is kind of the power tool for Apple Script. And all the people that I bump into that really write a lot of Apple Script just get Script Debugger because the dictionaries are more thorough, and you know, it just has more tools than Apple was willing to put into the free app. Um, where, which app do you use, Rose, to write your Apple scripts?
1: So it varies, actually, David. If I'm if I'm doing something on my work machine, then it's usually I'm just trying to do like a very quick edit to something. Yeah, quick and dirty. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, quick and dirty, just get it fixed and get back to work because they're not paying me to sit there and write Apple scripts and to optimize my workflow to the nth degree. Yeah. Um, you know, they're paying me to do my job. Um, so I, I try not to spend too much time doing that. So I use Script Editor on that Mac, but on my personal machines. It's, it's script debugger all the way um, because... Um, so the dictionary I talked about before is a programming dictionary. If you want the dictionary of terms that are going to be used to help you automate an application, um, then impose script debugger and, um, and um, script editor, then you can go to File, Open Dictionary. Um, And then you'll be able to see the dictionary for all of the languages. Um, And so a dictionary for languages is hopefully going to help you learn how to automate something. So for example, bbedit has a command to add a suffix um and it'll you know append a string um to the end of each line in the indicated text so you're going to have to do some do some work to find out what the indicated text is and so on but it's a good place to start especially if you do what i do and that is steal from other people on the internet because usually i can find somebody who's kind of written something like what i might want yeah and then i can google for something else so how i wrote this this draft script is I started by copying the one on the drafts website. Okay. There's a single script at the end on the drafts website showing you how you can create a new draft with um, Apple script. Okay. We've linked to it in the show notes. So I started with that. And then I went and I Googled Apple script clipboard and found out, hey, this is how you get the clipboard in Apple script. And then I changed it because I don't you know i i wanted this to be a one line script okay i didn't need three lines because if if i get rid of this two here in the script so tell application drafts two and i put a new line in there i have to end with end tell now there's no particular reason why i wanted this to be a one line script versus a three line script at the end of the day it doesn't make a big difference but if you're only getting your apple script to do a singular thing then it's very easy to just say tell application drafts to make it make new draft with properties, etc. Instead of tell application drafts, make new draft with properties and tell. It it's just a little bit of extra work. So both of those work, by the way. Um you can use mine or you can use the standard styling with tell and end tell. Um but um you know, I I if it if it really is only one command, I I tried to keep it to one line.
0: I'm generally more verbose in my scripts because I'm not as comfortable in it as you are. And I need to be like really deliberate with each step uh, Mm -hmm. for my own debugging and for future me if I have to go in and modify it. uh, Getting clever about making it more compressed just adds a degree of difficulty that I'm not up to. So I usually, I usually, yeah. you know, go the full route, you know, with the activate. Yeah. The I output. mean, it
1: doesn't really matter which yeah. way you do it, though. I will say if you are learning these things or you're curious and you want to spend a bit more time poking around script debugger has an excellent debugging mode yes. um, where there's a little ladybird in the menu and you, you can just click it. Um, it's in the toolbar at the top, right underneath the title of your script um, and you can click it. It's also got a timer. Um, and you might think, why do why do I need a timer? The timer is not for you writing the script. If if it did, that would be quite uh, embarrassing. How long it's taking me to write some of these? Um, but it is for how long it takes your script to run. So if you feel like your script is taking a long time to run, and you glance up and you see it was only a second, you know that's in your head. Or if you manage to write what I did the other day, which was a hilariously unoptimized Apple script, it can take four and a half seconds to execute. Um, you might think Rose, four and a half seconds is four and a half seconds. Don't worry about it. It was it was gonna be for a Stream Deck plugin. It was supposed to run every minute. So I decided to scrap that and go with a very different approach because it was yeah. gonna be much better. I, I got something down to something that runs in about half a second um yeah. for that. So that that's a much better solution there. Um but yeah, when when you see the the time that it takes to run some of these scripts and you think oh yeah but, yeah this is actually really nice because you know you click it and it just does it and the information's there i should say um, as a note because people will probably ask um the 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 apple script to create um a new draft with the clipboard does not open the note the draft okay it just it just Dumps sticks in it there it. yeah um, it, it's a thing in the background because a lot of the time I just need to save this information to get back to it later and I don't need drafts popping up um, and then having to hide it again because I have probably during my working day about seven different windows open actively um, and I need to be able to see most of them at a glance because there's you know this script running in the background, that script running in the background, this other script running in the background um, and I need to be able to see all of that and drafts popping up means I I have to hide drafts or um, you know, do something Um, and rearrange all my windows and I don't want that. So this runs entirely in the background.
0: Yeah. And one last bit on script debugger, uh, they have a light mode, which in my mm-hmm. opinion is still better than the built-in script editor that Apple gives you. So if you don't want to pay for it, even the light mode is free and they have a 20 day trial with all the features. So uh, you got no excuse. If you want to try this Apple script stuff out, go to late night software. We'll put a link in the show notes give script debugger a try i think it can really help the process because i i find that i write better script with script debugger because the dictionaries are better and the debugging mm-hmm. is better and for someone like me who doesn't you know pay for my shoes writing scripts um having those extra tools makes it easier when i need to do it
1: yeah i should say that the beauty of the script debugger dictionary um is so say for example i'm looking at calendar Um, And there is an option for um, a new event. Um, I think there is somewhere. Um, I'll I'll go with get URL for now. So I'm I'm actually doing this in the dictionary right as I talk. Um, I can click paste tell at the top and it will paste this information into um, the, the Apple script and it pastes tell application calendar as well and the end tell as well. So it pastes the whole thing for me so that I know that this is a complete little script. Um, You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that that script will run exactly as it is. You might well need to get some other information and put some other puzzle pieces together. Um, But it is a very good way to get started with that. This episode of Automators is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. Do you ever type the same thing over and over again? Whether it's customer support answers, sales emails or document edits, typing things repetitively or using copy and paste can be a burden. That's where TextExpander comes in. With TextExpander, you and your team can keep your message consistent, save time and be more productive, and be accurate every time. The way we work is changing rapidly. Make work happen wherever you are by saying more in less time and with less effort using TextExpander. I use TextExpander for all sorts of things, like fixing common spelling mistakes in my own name. Yes, it's silly, but they happen. And I love that it just works. It's everywhere. And it boosts my productivity by, you know, getting rid of those silly mistakes. And of course, by letting me just type answers without really thinking about it. And as a listener of Automators, you can get 20% off your first year. Visit texexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about TextExpander. That's texexpander.com slash podcast. Our thanks to TextExpander from Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM. So, David, I mentioned PopClip earlier in the show. Are we allowed to circle back to that now? Because I think PopClip is... uh... Wonderful. And I think we should probably talk about PopClip.
0: All right. Let's talk (laughs) PopClip.
1: So I know you've been using PopClip for a long time and I've tried it several times, but until recently it never really clicked for me um, when I was trying um, to easily change um, a URL at work. So um, just a little bit of background for people, um, I'm a software developer, um, and so what I usually end up doing is I will be coding software on my local machine, um, and then somebody's testing it, but they're testing it on a server. Um, and theoretically, the same URLs will work on both. So I can take the URL and I can replace HTTPS colon slash slash dev with HTTP colon slash slash local. Um, easy enough, right? Very, very logical, you would think. Um, But doing that multiple times a day, flipping back and forth between local and dev or even multiple times a minute at times because the testers would send me, say, five URLs um, from development um, and then I'd have to change all of them. It got frustrating. It got frustrating fast, David. Um, And so I thought, darn it, I don't want to do this. I want to be able to have a URL, just open it in the browser, have a look, click on the URL and then change it. And that's when I thought of PopClip. Um, and it, I fell down a bit of a rabbit hole because there's so much you can do with PopClip. And it's great. And I've written some PopClip extensions even, um, which, again, are available to download for people. Um, but I wouldn't have been able to do it without Brett Terpstra. So, uh, yeah. How long have you been using PopClip, David, do you think?
0: Uh, it's a long time. In fact, let's back up just a little bit. PopClip is an app available on the App Store, the Mac App Store. Um, and I believe they can sell you can buy directly from their website, too. But uh, you know that little thing on iPhone and iPad where when you select text, it pops up a little menu. Like you want to copy this or paste it, and it's a very limited set of things you can do with the text uh, on iPhone and iPad. You know, Apple controls that. But this PopClip app was an effort to add that feature to the Mac. So when you select text on your map on your Mac, excuse me, um, it opens up like a little selection right over the selected text where you can do things like you can copy and paste and do things like that but the developer kind of like went nuts and added all of these user customizable features like you can have it open a link you can have it search in google and once you install the app um, there is a whole plugin architecture available to you where you can just go nuts and just start adding a bunch of different potential actions and There's a bunch that that you can go. Like, for instance, some of the built-in ones that I use all the time is all caps. Like, sometimes I'm doing things I want to turn into all caps, and I can just select it and then hit the pop clip. And I I could write an Apple script to do this. I could write a keyboard maestro script. There's, like, a, a bunch of ways to scratch that itch, but I find the pop clip one is one of the easiest. You select the text, you click one button, it's done. Another one that's built in that I like is title case. Like sometimes I'm working on something and I want to have the proper title case and you know how title case sometimes words, some of them are lowercase and some of them are uppercase and I should memorize all those rules. But every time I think I understand them, I find an exception. So I let pop clip run its algorithm and just title case stuff for me. And, and that's kind of what the app does. Like, but it goes so much further down the rabbit hole with the, um, with the um, extensible actions you can do just with the built-in app. Like I can select text and add it to the inbox and OmniFocus or, you know, whatever your like weapon of choices for productivity, it's probably got some sort of pop clip plugin, but to go a step further, the developer has it as an open architecture where other people can add their own pop clip actions. And I'd like to take credit for Brett Terpstra on this. I I'd have to go search it out, but I remember very specifically him being a guest on Mac power users and me telling him about it on air and he had not heard of it. But then of course now Brett has the student has become the master and he's released all of these pop clip extensions that he's written with various small uh, scripts over the years. And of course, now Rosemary Orchard is on the same bandwagon.
1: Yeah. So actually it was Brett who helped me out here. He doesn't know yet that he helped me out, but thank you, Brett. Um, because um, on his website, he's got a whole bunch of PopClip extensions. Um, and I was browsing through a bunch of his posts about PopClip. Some of them are quite old, but they're still fully valid. Um, you know, PopClip has been kept up to date and uh, fortunately they've not broken things over the years. Um, and But then I, I stumbled across a post from him in which he talks about PopMaker. And they're going. What's a pop maker? And so I had a look at it, and it is a small uh, Mac application to create your own extensions for PopClip. So this allows you. You can download the application, um, and um, there there are two different kinds of things that you can do with it. So it doesn't allow you to fully create any kind of PopClip extension. You will need to do a little bit of coding to do anything other than these. But there there are two options. So there's a search. Where you can create a search extension um, for PopClip, and so what you would do is you you type in the URL or you paste in the URL probably, and then you replace the part that needs you know the search term with curly bracket query close curly bracket, um, and then that's it. That that's all you do, um, and um, it works. And then afterwards, you just click the install button in PopMaker. It's right there at the bottom on the right, um, and it installs it straight into PopClip for you. You're done. Um, But what I found a little bit more useful for me um, is the surround option. So surround allows you to put characters at the front and characters at the end. And usually you would think about doing this symmetrically, right? So you put one curly bracket at the beginning, one curly bracket at the end, two pipes at the beginning, two pipes at the end. That's spoiler marking um, in in sort of Markdown Plus that's used in things like Discord and so on. Um, But um, where I found it to be very useful as well is um, for example, database queries at work, I have to put a little bit of a string at the front and then I have to close off some quotes and stuff at the end. When I'm searching for an ID, I created that extension using PopMaker. So I just, you know, I, I, I paste what I, I needed to paste. Uh, I, I double click it or um, I've got a keyboard shortcut that I set up um, using AppleScript um, to activate PopMaker so I can activate it from my clipboard, uh, sorry, from my keyboard. Um, so I can paste it and activate Pop um, PopClip and then I can just click on the thing and it it, it it turns what is an ID into a query looking for that ID for me. Um, it doesn't take me long to type by hand, but it's really nice to just have it do that automatically. And I was sharing my screen with somebody at work today and they saw me do that and they were so impressed. Um, and it, it really wasn't a lot of work to do, but it was well worth it because it saves me, you know, a few seconds here and there. But, you know, it's also nice when other people go, oh, wow, I'd never thought of doing that. Uh, and being able to share that with somebody,
0: yeah, it's just such a powerful, simple automation tool. And like I was just looking at the uh, website again because I hadn't been on it for a while, and they have another like built-in plugin called sentence case, and this is new to me. Make each mm. sentence in the selected start with a capital letter with other letters lowercase. Well, have you ever had the thing where you get a bunch of text and it's all lowercase or all uppercase? and Yep. The way you're trying to get it to sentence is actually going to require manual action. Well, not anymore. You just select it and hit the sentence case clip. And um, there's just a bunch of stuff you could do with this. And, um, it all starts with, and you know, so much of the automation stuff we do is keyboard centric, right? We talk about, oh, we want to get everything we can on keyboard shortcuts, hit this button and that button and then magic happens. Well, pop clip is the opposite. It requires a mouse selection in order to activate, but having well, that. Set yeah. it
1: up with a keyboard shortcut as well, David. Um, and I'm going to put a link on there uh, to the the area on their website where they talk about doing that because that for me was well worth doing. That's why Popclip never clicked before for me because I had to activate it from the mouse. Um, and I'm much more accurate and faster um, at selecting text with the keyboard the vast majority of the time. But you can control Popclip with uh, Apple Script and then you can set that up to be um, triggered by a keyboard shortcut from. Uh, An Automator service, FastScripts, Alfred, LaunchBar, or even Quicksilver.
0: Ah, now I've got to do this, Rose, because I've just been using it with a mouse.
1: Oh, you're missing out, David. You're missing out. I'm using FastScripts. Scripts. Um, they have previously sponsored the show, but I would happily talk about them anyway because it's such a great app um, to do this um, because I, I've got lots of little things in FastScripts. I like having a little script icon in my menu bar. It's yeah. both nerdy and geeky and makes me happy. And it's also just incredibly useful yeah. um, for all of these things. Um, uh, but you can you can tell application pop clip to appear um, and then it will pop up. Um, you can also um, disable it, enable it, toggle um, whether or not it's enabled or disabled. Um, and also um, I, I mentioned before, I don't have it show up in every application. I don't have it show up in, in my IDE at work usually um, because that would be Annoying um, all the time because I'm I'm frequently like I select something and I'm looking at the line above and oh pop clip's in the way that's it's not what I'm intending there so I actually have used pop clip's preferences to say that it shouldn't show up in that application but it does show up everywhere else and if I do need it in that application at work because they've got some things like slugify here where slugify will replace spaces yeah. with a hyphen. Um, and I use this for variable names. Um, uh, so I, I lowercase it and slugify it. Um, and being able to do that with PopClip is really nice. Um, so I just, you know, I, I am using control X David, uh, cause that was, I think what somebody somewhere had suggested at some point in time. Um, uh, maybe it was on Brett's website that he said he was using that. Doesn't matter because either way, if it's what I'm using, you can use whatever keyboard shortcut you like, um, for this, uh, you just need to set it up.
0: Uh, and now another one, I've got to add an OmniFocus repeating task to keep going back and checking for new ones. They've got a Readwise one, so I can select any text and add it as a quote to my Readwise account, which is something I use a lot. So yes, PopClip, yes, you should.
1: I mentioned that I was creating um, some some PopClip extensions, and I want to talk about this a little bit because okay. um, first of all, there there is some documentation on, on the PopClip website as to how you can... You can do this, how you can create your own popclip extensions. Um, and it, it's you know, it's it's not that difficult um to to take a look at it um and go, okay, yeah, I kind of see what's what's going on here. And there's they're all on all of the extensions that come natively um with popclip are on GitHub as well. Yeah. So you can actually go and look at them, you can download them. What I do is I drag the the dot popclip extension file. Onto BB Edit, because then this will open that file in BB Edit as a folder. So a pop clip extension is actually a folder, um, and inside it, it's it's got the script um, and a little bit of information about the script, and it's also potentially got an icon file in there so that you can change the icon that appears. Um, but I, I drag it onto BB Edit so that then I can I can see all the text and edit it. Um, but what I did, David, because you know Brett Terpstra is a smart cookie. Is uh, I I pressed the option key when I was using Popmaker, and instead of installing the Popclip extension directly into Popclip, it gave me the option to save it. So I I installed the the one that I was working on in Popclip, and then I said, okay, cool, let me save this. And I opened it up, and so Brett wrote this in Ruby, and so people might be going, oh gosh, no, that sounds complicated. Well, Ruby is you know not a language I'm familiar with at all. I am familiar with programming, though, but I did just have a little bit of a Google and uh, have a look and see how can I do something with this. And so I've got, um, I think, uh, I mean, there's only really probably one of the extensions that I put on my GitHub page that will probably be of interest to people. And that is the Amazon Smile link, Um, because... I frequently end up copying links from Amazon to people, but if I'm sharing links with my friends, I don't want to be using Amazon affiliate links, and I definitely don't want them being tracked by all of that, you know, referral rubbish at the end of um, yes. an Amazon URL. So I have um, an Amazon Smile PopClip extension um, where you can select an Amazon URL, you click the little Amazon Smile um, icon that appears in PopClip, and it will just replace the www with Smile. Um and then it also just gets rid of all that tracking gunk at the end. So you end up with a relatively short URL that works, and it donates money to charity, which, you know, always feels like a great thing.
0: And that's also downloadable in the GitHub we're going to have linked in the show notes.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, And there's there's some other things here as well. There's markdown code block and markdown code. I would not use these. I would look at Brett's um, PopClip extensions because he has one that works whether it's one or multiple lines of code and it'll do inline code or blocks of code for you. That was just me playing around with this a little bit. Yeah. Um, but there's there's also um, my one which will swap the, the HTTP local with HTTPS dev. You might not need that exact one, but you might want to say, hey, I want to be able to swap this text with this text. But if it's so this text with that text, but if it's that text, I want it to become this text. Um, and so you can have a look at my my script to see how you can do that because you can just replace the text. Um, you, you are all, if you're listening to this, capable of this. Yes. Just drag the 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 thing onto say Nova or BB Edit or a, a Atom could do this. I think Sublime Text probably as well. Um, and then you just need to edit the the script file that's inside of it.
0: Well. Uh, and either way, whether you're using PopClip with just the built-in stuff or, or, or downloading some of Brett and Rose's extensions, this is a great automation tool. And, and uh, one thing that uh, Rose kind of referenced here is uh, Brett's extensions. If you use Markdown, he has a whole set, because Brett made that Markdown tool set years ago, but he added a bunch of those as PopClip extensions too. And I find mm-hmm. that a really great place to apply PopClip with Markdown's conversions and whatnot.
1: Same, same. Yes, I've installed some of those. I'm trying to carefully curate which popclip extensions I'm using. Um, And so, um, one tip I will give people is if you open uh, the popclip from the menu bar, you can uncheck some options. So, I personally don't need cut, copy, paste um, the dictionary and things like that, but the parcel plug-in parcel is a great uh package tracking application there's also one of these for david uh for for deliveries not for you david um depends which one you're using if you're using parcel or deliveries which one's for you um but you can then just select say a tracking number and pop it open in parcel or deliveries which is brilliant um uh, so i like that
0: yeah I, I find a lot of the built-in uh, the default pop clip extensions i don't want you know like one of them is search. Like you can select text and click a pop clip and it searches it in Google. I just always run searches through Alfred. I just, for whatever reason, I just never use it. So I turn that off and, and like, like cut, copy and paste. I keyboard shortcut that. I don't need pop clip to do that for me. I just don't find it that I ever use. So it's funny that the ones that the, that the developer thinks that we would all want are the ones I almost always turn off.
1: I would suggest that some of these perhaps are not the ones that um, you know a, a lot of our audience would use because most of us probably already have um, you know all of this stuff memorized with keyboard shortcuts. But there are there is one that I feel I should mention um, because it's becoming more and more useful now. I'm going to be going back into the office um, just after we record this episode, um, and I bet I'm going to have to share text with some people on the other side of a table. Uh, the large type extension for PopClip is making its way into my arsenal because i can just double you know select some text click the large type option and it'll pop up on the middle of my screen as large text and everybody will be able to see it um so that is brilliant
0: yeah i use that one too and and that's just because i'm a little older than you and i like large text. and sometimes like (laughs) there'll be a phone number or something on the screen that i want to see bigger and uh PopClip has a large text and it does a really nice job of displaying it large on your screen with a nice background so it's easy to read yep i think that but that's not a built-in one isn't that a down that, that's one of the ones yeah that it's download.
1: one of the ones that you can download from the website yeah um i've just put a link to all of the PopClip extensions in the show notes i'm not going to link to individual ones because you can use control uh, command f um on your iphone or your ipad um with a keyboard, obviously on the iPad, um, to, to find it on the page. Um, and, uh, of course you have to be on your Mac, um, to, uh, to install the PopClip extensions, um, inside of PopClip. but they are, you know, this is really good and I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Um, I've, I've been using, uh, this very heavily for a couple of weeks now and, uh, it's definitely improved my workflows.
0: Another couple, um, downloadable ones of note, uh, is paste and match style, you know, mm-hmm. where, uh, Whatever's in your clip, or gets pasted, but it matches the style. That's a downloadable one. Um, and what was the other one? I was just looking at here. Uh, drafts has one for drafts uh, and Readwise, which I already mentioned. But I'm going to immediately start using that one more. Oh, and Word yes. Count—that's the other one. If you need Word Count, this is a really great way to get Word Count. You select text, and it gives you the word count.
1: Yes, yeah. I I really like it. I've also been using it for um, music when people mention artists or um, an album where I can just select it and and pop it open in music, which is really nice. Um, So yeah, there's lots of good stuff here.
0: This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Stripe. Many leaders of adaptive businesses choose Stripe as their payment platform. Because with Stripe, businesses can easily optimize their payment infrastructure Simplify their expansion plans and create new revenue streams, all to help them grow and initiate change rather than having to react to it. In fact, businesses such as Shopify, Postmates, and Twilio use Stripe to power their global payments. And to add to that list of companies is Relay FM. Relay FM has trusted Stripe to manage payments since 2016. It's a huge benefit that they accept more than 135 different currencies and payment methods which means more time can be spent on hosting and prepping for shows while Stripe helps handle the payments. Stripe ranked the highest for strategy and current offerings in the 2020 Forrester Wave report on merchant payment providers, and their current offering is so comprehensive and versatile, with Stripe's products powering payments for a wide variety of businesses from online and in-person retailers to subscription businesses, software platforms and marketplaces, and even in between. I also use Stripe. I have several international clients, and it was really hard getting paid by them. As soon as I adopted Stripe as my payment method, all of those problems just went away. That was years ago, and I've been super happy with it ever since. So head over to Stripe.com if you'd like to learn more about how Stripe and their products can support your business. That's Stripe.com to learn more today. Our thanks to Stripe for their support of the automators and all of RelayFM. FM rosemary orchard i happen to know you got some new gear
1: yeah yeah i've got an iphone i've got an ipad the ipad's (laughs) mini the iphone's large or it feels large to me i didn't go max but wow this thing feels huge and wow i love it all right (laughs) let's
0: work our way to the iphone i want to start with the ipad mini because i know that you really are digging it which one did you get um Uh, 256 gigabytes gigabytes,
1: purple cellular Okay. Um, because uh, so my previous iPad mini was a lovely iPad mini, but I made two fatal mistakes when I bought it. Number one, I only got 64 gigabytes of text uh, uh, of storage space um, because I thought, hey, I'm not going to use this, you know, for lots of media. Um, no, turns out I, I actually do like to be able to download more than, you know, a couple of gigs here and a couple of gigs there. Um, and then uh, cellular, because it is very nice to have the option to put in a SIM card. And I found out. Uh, I'm switching phone providers here in the UK to uh, one with eSIM um, that I will be able to share data um, between my devices, so I can get a very low data plan on the iPad. But if I need more, I will be able to transfer it from the stupidly humongously large amount of data that I will be getting on my iPhone in that bundle. Um, so hopefully, um, you know, that'll I'll be making full use of that. But wow, this iPad Mini so cute, and uh, yeah, it's it's a really great iPad.
0: You got what color did you get purple, of course, um of course. I have
1: to say it's not really purple, it is gray that once saw the color purple and is trying to remember what it looked like. Um, <laughs> It's, it's not particularly purple. If I hold uh, the the bezel of my my purple iPhone mini next to it, then you can see that the purple iPhone mini um, side bezel is much more purple than the metal of the purple of the iPad. But equally, they had to cover much more iPad in this coating. So I, I understand why it's it's not so purple. Uh, but it's nice that I can say that officially it's purple.
0: Okay, so now you've got a purple iMac, purple iPad mini, any other purple gear in your life? Or is that it? At this I
1: mean. Point? Uh, I got the the new um, Apple Watch straps, the 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 braided um, yeah. woven loops um, in uh, English lavender and dark cherry um, because they're purple too. Um, and I will hopefully be getting a new Apple Watch. This one, unfortunately, uh, had a little bit of an accident a while ago and it's got some pretty horrible scratches on the screen. Um, so I will be getting a new one and again, switching to a cellular one because I'm hoping to be leaving the house on a more regular basis and maybe leaving my iPhone behind at times, but wanting to still be able to communicate with people um so yeah so uh, i i apple watch is in my future but not yet because apple haven't announced the release date
0: you know i really like those woven bands that's never really come up on any podcast but um i've never bought an apple one i i got i get them off amazon and they're like ten dollars for one on amazon that i don't know if they're as good but they seem like they're pretty good and there's a lot of colors available um but i really like just you know slipping it over my hand and not having a buckle scratch my macbook and Mm -hmm. it's uh those bands i think don't get enough credit
1: no i've got the the pride one as well that was the first one of the woven ones that i got from apple um and what i like about it is it I frequently end up checking my wrist to make sure I'm wearing my watch because it's so comfortable. It doesn't feel like I'm wearing it. Yeah. Um. And that to me is a sign that I've a got the size just right. Yeah. Um. And B, it's it's just incredibly comfortable. Um. Uh. But yeah, it is it is really nice. And I have to say, I'm, I'm a fan of the new colors that they've come out with for the cases. I um, yeah. I, I wish that the uh, the the iPad Mini was a little more purple and that the iPhone was purple because the iPhone's not purple, David. I'm
0: sad. Okay. So with the iPad Mini, are you using the Apple Pencil?
1: Yes. So I already had the Apple Pencil for my um, 12.9-inch iPad Pro. I have not bought a second Apple Pencil. I do not need two Apple Pencils. Um, So I just have the same one. And because you just pair it by sticking it to the side, um, it's really easy. If I want to use it on the bigger one, I have... Hot swap between them a couple of times. Um, You know, you just pop it down on the side of the other iPad and then you use it on that iPad and then you swap back. It's very easy to do. Um, And uh, yeah, it's working great. I I like it because it's usually, you know, I'll go um, and I'll be doing tech support at my grandmother's or something and she's trying to tell me all this information. Um, And I don't want to take a 12.9 inch iPad Pro with a keyboard with me or even an 11 inch. That was a little too big for that. But taking the iPad mini and the Apple pencil allows me to just scribble this information down and then I can look at it and go, okay, so she's giving me all this information. The two things that are actually relevant here are this, and that's how I can solve your tech support problem. Grandma, there we go. Um, You know, sometimes you just have to listen and let people tell the whole story and find out what's useful. Um, And the iPad mini has been great at helping me do that uh, in those situations already. So I'm really impressed with it.
0: All right. When you need to scratch a quick note with your iPad, uh, where do you go?
1: So I actually go to drafts. <laughs>
0: okay. Um
1: so people so people are gonna be going, wait, drafts has handwriting support? Drafts doesn't do handwritten notes, but it, it supports um the scribble, the scribble where yeah. you can just write, you know, words. And I have to say, even if I am writing really, really badly, it does a really good job of figuring this out. So, um, you know, this means that I can just be sort of scribbling. um, And, you know, as long as my letters are approximately correct, it will do that. Now, if I am going to be taking notes from something, say my grandmother has said or something, um, then I will usually switch to Maybe Apple Notes, but often Notability because I like the dotted background on that and I like the the ever-scrolling pages of it. Um, for some reason, um, Notes has just never really clicked in my head as a place to handwrite notes. Um, but it's going to be drafts if I want the end result to be typed or Notability if I want to be able to scribble down random diagrams and stuff as I go.
0: I'm going to try that with drafts, you know, using Scribble to enter notes because it's searchable and drafts is where so much of my other stuff is anyway. Uh, But I I went through a similar process recently, you know, we've released iOS 15 and um, it's got this new feature where if you swipe up from the upper right corner with your pencil, it opens a new Apple note that you can start drawing on. But I just find number one, Um, my writing in Apple notes is not very legible Uh, there's no dot grid or any lines. It's just a blank page. And my brain has trouble like organizing that into straight lines. And number two, it's not customizable enough in terms of size. It's like a, it's like a sticky pad. It's not like the full page. And I know that there's another thing you can do where you tap it with a pencil and it opens a new one as well in Apple notes. But just the bottom line is Apple notes, to me, it could get better at Apple Pencil Input. And I, I really like their tool, their pencil tool, you know, where you can change the brush and the color and everything. But just like things like dot grid or uh, Good Notes has this great feature where it has like a large section at the bottom that you write in. And then it puts the text in the, you know, the appropriate size into the document yeah. And I really like that because I can write kind of big, but then I it's more legible when I'm done and it's straight lines. And Apple Notes has nothing like that. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I, I find particularly the lack of dot grid gets to me because yeah. I, Notes has lines and it has a grid, but I like a dot grid a lot of the time. I will frequently write with lines, but if I want diagrams and stuff, I want a dot grid because it allows me to, you know, do diagonals and stuff easily and my brain. Feels better doing it, I guess. Yeah, me um, too. And yeah. I'm
0: a very much a visual thinker, so I do I do make diagrams and things when I'm taking notes. And uh, like you, I've kind of given up on Apple Notes, so my go to is Good Notes, and I've got it in my dock. And um, if I need to use the pencil to get something in, I find that it takes a few extra seconds to get into Good Notes, but the notes I take are so much better that it's worth the few extra yes. seconds.
1: Exactly. And I love the idea of quick note that flies in from the bottom right where you drag it in with the pencil. Uh, I found on my Ma- on my Monterey uh, MacBook, uh, David, I kept activating it by accident and it was really frustrating. Um, and um, so, yeah, that was just annoying. Um, on, on the iPad, it's fortunately not activating by accident for me, but I I wish it could just be a shortcut, like swiping in with the pencil from the bottom right hand corner or something would allow me to run a shortcut because I just have it open notability. That would be fine. Um, but no, um, they can't do that yet. Maybe, maybe next year. Apple, if you're listening, please let us turn that into an accessibility shortcut of some kind. And I can run a shortcut with it.
0: Or just give us a little more power. You know, let us have a dot grid and determine how big the note is like by default. Because, um, the thing we haven't mentioned is that it's, you know, the, the quick note is contextual computing implemented because, if you quick note from a web page it creates a link to the page as you create the note I mean there's so much of it that's superior to me going to good notes or you going to notability. Uh, I would really like to make it work but I just find trying to like take notes with a pencil in that little yellow box with no guidance whatsoever it just it just doesn't work for me.
1: Yeah, it's really good if you do need to see what's on the screen behind it. Yeah. But that I frequently I don't need to see it. And often, if I do want to see what's on a screen, then there's web embeds and notability, or I'll just take a screenshot. <laughs> yeah um and include that. you know it, it, it's not that difficult to do. so there there are ways around that problem without using um what feels like a compromised user experience for me. and i I love the automation idea that I have, you know, all these contextual notes and everything. But I hate the fact that it just doesn't work for me the way I need it to. Um, So I'm hoping that it improves because it does seem like it would be a great opportunity for a lot of people.
0: I think it's a great start, but there's definitely room to improve with that. All right. uh, Switching over. But it sounds like in general, you're happy with the iPad Mini, the size and everything.
1: Yeah. The only thing is, is I do keep thinking it's got Face ID and staring at it and smiling. I'm wondering why it doesn't unlock. Yeah. Um, because it, It's got Touch ID built into the power button. Um, so, but it does have Center Stage. David, it is a great Zoom iPad, Facetime iPad, and stuff. When I'm when I'm talking to my my parents or my grandparents on Facetime, um, then you know it it works really well there. So I I really like that.
0: I'd add that the iPad Mini is an excellent consumption tool. Like if you if you oh, have yeah. a lot of Kindle books if you have like marvel unlimited if apple books you know if there's anything you do where you read a lot Inst- insta paper you know read wise that kind of stuff i find it just outstanding for that and um so that's another good use uh all right switching gears what so which phone did you get this year did you get the pro max or the pro or just the standard thirteen? Uh, i did
1: not get the pro max um it is So large, so large, David. Um, I got the Pro. I had to check in settings multiple times to make sure I didn't accidentally buy a Pro Max because this thing feels huge. Um, But I have a MagSafe pop socket, which makes it much easier to hold. So I'm fine with that. And you're Um, coming from,
0: what are you coming from?
1: Well, that's just it. I wanted to do a little background. So last year I bought the 12 Pro Max. Yeah, And I loved it, because I thought, you know, these these devices never fit in my pockets anyway. Yeah. They always have to go in the back. I may as well just get the biggest phone possible. And last year as well, there was a camera difference between the Pro and the Pro Max. Um, And so I had it for a while, and then they came out with Purple. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to try the Mini size. I, I wrote a bit of an article about it, trying it out. I wrote that in the Screencast Online magazine for Screencast Online subscribers. Um, And that, you know, that the Mini is a great device, but I had two problems with the mini
0: is one of them battery life
1: yeah battery <laughs> yeah, life yeah. oh my gosh it was like okay i've made it from the office to the living room for for, for context david that's less than 15 feet yeah. i better put it on charge again yeah. um you know and i i do use my phone a lot it is a remote control for music during the day um and you know i get messages and stuff coming on there and phone calls and things um and you know I, I, I do spend a lot of time using my phone, but equally it felt like I had to charge my phone all the time, um, which was not great. And I know they've significantly improved that with the 13 Mini, which I'm really pleased to hear.
0: Well, I think they said they added an hour and a half. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, so um, Stephen Hackett's wife, Mary, um, uh, apparently he, he he sold her on the 13 Mini because he said it's got an hour and a half more battery life. And the response was, "What colors does it come in?"
0: Yeah,
1: um, that was on uh, Fusion this month's uh, episode of Fusion, which is the the show for Really Film um, subscribers. Um, but um, it, you know, it it that was a big problem, the battery life or lack thereof. But the other problem for me, David, was the lack of telephoto lens. Um, I know a lot of people say, just go a couple of steps forward and you can get a better shot um, or you'll get the same shot. But I find that I end up trying to take pictures where I literally can't move any further forward without falling off a cliff or something like that. You know, and uh, and that's where having telephoto just to get in a little bit further definitely comes in handy. Um, And so when I found out that the, the new Pro has a three times telephoto lens instead of a two times, and all of the lenses have got optical image stabilization. Well, I went pro. Um, fortunately, the Max doesn't have a better camera this year because I don't think I could manage after coming from the Mini. This thing feels huge. Feels like I'm going to take somebody out with it. It's 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 big. I do like how how it feels in my hand, especially the Max A Pop Socket. Um, and uh, I have to say, uh, weirdly enough, I'm finding it feels like NFC tag automations are running better. I don't know if that's actually a thing. If they did something to that, there is. No mention of that anywhere, but it feels like my NFC tag automations are more reliable now. Oh, well, they're so.
0: always, you know, improving stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I talked about it on the most recent Mac power users, but um, I've had a pro max or, or the the large version, the max version now for like four or five years. And I'm always going to buy the iPhone with the best camera system because I really like to use the iPhone as a camera, but because mm-hmm. this year, both the Pro and the Pro Max have the same camera system, I decided to go with the smaller one. And uh, I've had it now about a week, and I really like it. So I'm I'm super happy with it. I got the white one. What color did you get?
1: I went for um, the Sierra Blue, Yeah. Um, which in a lot of lights in my house frequently looks like a sort of lavendery color. It is nowhere near as purple as the Purple Mini, which makes me a little sad all the time. Yeah. Because the Purple Mini was so purple. I oh, loved you gotta it. you got
0: to get a purple case, that's all.
1: I did. So I got the Wisteria leather case um, for the iPhone. I've got the English Lavender folio case and the English Lavender watch strap. Um, I don't know what the difference between English Lavender and Wisteria is. They are incredibly similar. You hold them next to each other. There is a difference, but I'm not quite sure why they didn't just pick the same
0: color. Yeah, it's like last year they had, I think it was called California Poppy, which I'm like, hey, I'm from California. I'll get this one. And then this year they've got essentially the same color with a different name.
1: It's called Golden Brown this year. Yeah. 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 yeah, because they don't have Saddle Brown anymore. Yeah. Um. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, so I, I got the purple case, which I like. Um, I have to say, um, the one thing I'm noticing, I have a, a MagSafe uh, charging stand on my desk and I can see already that there's a little bit of a ring forming there. That's fine. I'm not precious about my cases. The purpose of the case is to protect my phone and I've got a MagSafe pop socket on it most of the time anyway, to be honest. Um, and I have to say, I'm very impressed with the MagSafe pop socket. It is incredibly strong. That thing's going nowhere unless I try to get it off. Yeah. Like if I actively try to lift it off, it is a bit of a, you know, like a two-handed, Job, um, I can do it with one hand. I think ah, yes, managed that. Wow, that was surprisingly hard to do. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pleased that it is difficult to get the MagSafe Pop socket off because I don't want to be dropping my phone. It does just make it a little easier to adjust, and I can without the use of reachability go from the bottom right hand corner to the top left of my iPhone with the same thumb. Um, thanks to the pop socket.
0: Yeah, the the California Poppy case with my iPhone 12 Pro Max got pretty bad over the course of a year i mean just got pretty mm. scuffed up and dirty and gross and uh and i don't like any of the leather colors this year none of them really like resonate with me and so i um i'm getting a rubber case for the first time uh, an apple silicone case i mean i'm like you all in with the MagSafe. so that really limits what cases i can get but mm-hmm. um but I got the, I ordered the blue J one. I think it'll look cool with the white phone and I'm just waiting for it to get here. And I, uh, and I know that it's harder to get out of your pocket cause it's sticky, but you know, whatever. And, and like you, I've gone all in with MagSafe. I have the pop socket, I have the battery and, um, I've got a couple of those pucks around the house. I, I really think MagSafe is a good idea. And I, uh, Oh, I even have the wallet and I think the wallet's good. You know, I mean, it's, I've never, I don't worry about losing it.
1: I got the new wallet in Dark Cherry, um, because I've, um, because I do have, um, a couple of cards and I, I didn't like the fact that there was no, um, uh, find my in the other Apple Wallet. So I did upgrade my Apple Wallet. It sounds ridiculous to have done that. Uh, b- bonus—it's also purple now. So that—that's a definite win. Um, and uh, yeah, I like the fact that Find My can say when it was last detached. Um, from my iPhone, or where it was when it was detached. Um, and that—that that works pretty well for me. I use Apple Pay most of the time, but it's nice. I just um leave the the fo- the phone in my bag and, and use Apple Pay on my. Uh, on my watch actually most of the time but then you know if i do need a card for some reason or i need my id to collect a parcel or you know if if i'm buying something and they want to check my id um then uh, i've i've got my id right there and i don't need to you know carry more stuff with me than is necessary which is great
0: yeah i wish i, I wish the state of california would allow us to have like a digital mm-hmm. um a driver's license because that's yeah
1: apparently they're coming over here but i will believe that when i see it because we frequently get promised these things and uh, it takes forever for them to show up and then they're not as good as was advertised. But we do have, at the very least, uh, COVID passes in our uh, Apple wallet uh, through the NHS application, which I am a great fan of. Though you do have to update it on a monthly basis and download a new one.
0: Yeah. And, um, yeah, and you know that's just stuff that needs to happen that hasn't happened yet. But And I'm still using my old wallet, so if it falls off, I'm not going to have id information whatever but i uh I, I just really haven't had a problem i don't need to use my wallet very often and i've got a couple different ones but the MagSafe one is in the rotation plenty and uh and again i don't care for the colors you know it's like yeah and they all are like opinionated colors even with yes. like is not going to work is the most neutral of them and it's, it definitely it's, it's
1: a it's a very purple color, David. I have to say, it's a very lilac-y purple color. Yeah. Uh, my nails are currently painted a light gray. Um, and Mike asked me on iOS today whether or not I painted my nails to match my phone case. No, it just picks up the color. Um, the phone and and my nails both seem to pick up the color, but it, it is very purple color. Um, that uh, we've got. Um, at the moment, I they usually do a color refresh sort of around spring. Um, but I do wish they just check a black in their lineup and keep it as a staple. That would be good, Um, especially for corporate-issued devices. I can imagine corporate-issued, yep, here is your black iPhone case with your black iPhone. Have a nice day. Um,
0: But I I like colorful cases. I just don't care for these colors this year.
1: Yeah, yeah um hopefully more people will be coming out with um magsafe um cases i know moft recently have come out with some uh, extra strong magnet case so that their wallet um and magsafe stand will will stick better to the case i personally have not had a problem with their 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 wallet and stand sticking to the back of my iphone um, yeah. at all um but um for people who really want extra stickiness or extra magnety goodness rather um then uh you can you can do that with uh Muffed apparently
0: one last bit on this is i am um, m- one of my big thoughts about this was cinematic mode you know would it work or not and um i had a particular interest in this because daisy and i do this su- supremely unpopular disneyland field guide i mean it's like the smallest channel on the internet but the uh but i wanted it to look good and I really like the idea of the bokeh, you know, kind of blurry background for some parts of these, these videos we make. So you can put more focus on the person you're talking to. And in order to do that, I do have a fancy camera and a fancy lens, but they were expensive. And I really dread the idea of first of all, the weight of carrying them around Disneyland and the idea Mm -hmm. of them like falling out of my bag or, you know, just something happening. And i would cry so much right if if i dropped this camera uh and and also it's not stable at all in terms of like shooting video it's very jiggly and you got to do a whole bunch of stuff after the fact to try and get it more stable or i could buy like a 500 hundred dollar gimbal and then i'm walking around disneyland like i work for you know uh the news or something right so Mm-hmm. I, I don't want any of that stuff, but the cinematic mode I was hoping would work. And I, I went into the park the other day and spent a morning shooting video. And I released a video on YouTube for the Max Barking channel um, with some of that test footage. And it looks pretty good to me. You know, I mean, I, I know that like if you, if you uh, listen to the folks who make their living making professional video, they're going to tell you everything that's wrong with it. And I get that, but, you know when someone who owns a Lamborghini tells you, you shouldn't buy a Honda, right. It's like, I I get that. Right. You know, but I don't want to, I don't own a Lamborghini and I definitely don't want to drive one around Disneyland. So um, I think this is going to be good enough for getting that style of video. And I don't want to overdo it and make every shot with that blurry background. But when I do want it now, I've got an option that's in my pocket. Yes.
1: And I think that's the thing, isn't it? it? It, it, But when whenever people talk about getting into photography um, or or videography or things like that, the, the, the trick that they always say is, well, you've got to have your camera with you. But as you said, they're big and they're heavy. And it, it's not a fun or a pleasant experience to be carrying a big and heavy camera with you when you are, you know, just trying to get started. I think if you, you know, if you if you just want to be able to take good photos all the times, uh, all the times, then having a, a good phone on your camera is really, you know, the best thing that you. Or a good camera on your phone yeah. is is the best thing that you can do. A uh, camera on a camera on your a phone on your camera is probably also okay, but I don't know. Uh, those those canons look pretty heavy to me, and as do the Nikon's. Um, Although, but, um
0: I think you could make the argument the iPhone at this point is a good phone on a camera. I mean, yeah, it, really it is, is mostly camera and
1: screen <laughs> yeah. with a little bit of phone chucked in there because that's what is in the name. Um, and very occasionally people make actual phone calls, um, but. Yeah, it, it is, you know, especially optical image stabilization on every single lens that makes a big difference. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, at, at Jason Snell actually over at Six Colors wrote a really good uh, guide on upgrading um, from, you know, and what what you're actually going to get if you're upgrading from an older phone to the 13 um, and what the differences are. Is it bigger? It's, a, you know, it's heavier in every single case, I believe. Um, but, you know, you're going to get, Two extra camera lenses, and you're going from eight megapixels to twelve megapixels, or whatever it is, um, and that that you know that that really helps put it in perspective um, for people who haven't upgraded for a while. That you know this this really is an excellent phone, and now they've sorted out the battery issues with um, so the 13s in general, all of the 13 range has better battery life than the 12 range. It it's impressive, and I I'm gen- genuinely impressed. I have gone, David, for two days without charging my phone. I couldn't have done half a day without charging my phone on the mini. So that is just brilliant.
0: Yeah. Well, I can tell you that when I did that morning of test sh- shooting at design, I wiped out the battery in that thing in like oh, yeah. six hours uh, because I was walking around with the camera running like the whole time, but uh, that would kill the battery in any, any phone, <laughs> even the, the pro max. Um, so it's all good, but I, I really think that, um, Apple is is on the right track. I mean, they just make good iPhones. I mean, every year they make good iPhones. It's really not a surprise.
1: No, no. Um, and, you know, it, it is a fabulous device. I am using um, these to make shortcuts more frequently than ever, I have to say, um, just because it's especially the NFC automation. I, I you know, I never mentioned it before because I figured maybe I was holding it wrong. Um, but I think maybe it's a combination of the mini um, size um, and You know, perhaps maybe the case I was using, it was just not reading NFC text quite so well. Um, But I'm, I'm pleased to say that the pro um, that I'm currently using has no problem with it at all.
0: Yeah. And uh, I did, uh, and last thing on the camera here is the stabilization. It is insane. The video, I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes, but I'm walking around Disneyland, like walking kind of fast through a crowd, not doing anything to stay like stable and the footage looks like it's on a gimbal. I had mm-hmm. I had several people email me since that video went up asking me to do a test versus a gimbal, and I'm tempted to order a gimbal just to run a test oh, to see.
1: I have a recommendation for you there, David, which I can put in the show notes. I think it's from Hoem H O H E M. Yeah. Um. Uh, it, it it's a pretty nice one. It charges via USB C. There's an app for the iPhone um, where you can set it up and so you can actually there's a a pan and tilt option on the gimbal um that you can use but uh i'm pretty pleased with mine i'll see if i can get you a link that works in the us as well because frequently uh these things have different links in different countries
0: yeah well definitely i'll i'll check it out um but i don't know if i'm even going to do it because it's like it's already good enough i think i mean i'd I'd be shocked if adding a gimbal and you know having one more thing to carry is is worth the trouble but you know who knows we'll see All right. Well, either way, sounds like we're both pretty happy and uh, Apple got some of our money. And so they should be happy too. Um, Got some automation today covered. We've got some new gear. Well, I sure am looking forward to M1X. I hope that we get news on that sometime in October, but I guess we'll see. Um, Real quick check-in. We've got another beta update with Shortcuts or mm-hmm. the Mac uh, Monterey and Shortcuts is a little better. I feel like in the last episode we were pretty rough on it. They are definitely making progress. There's still things to be done, but um, um, I'm holding my uh, crossing my fingers that uh, the things will be in a much cleaner position by the time Monterey ships to the public. But I'm yes. uh, I'm still struggling to get videos recorded for the Shortcuts for Mac field guide because so so many of the things I want to show aren't working.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed everything gets straightened out recently, but I know the shortcuts team have been working hard. I can tell. Um, So uh, yeah, it it seems to be paying off uh, slowly, but surely. And that is always a great sign.
0: Either way, uh, we are the Automators. You can find us over at relay.fm slash automators. You can find the forums at talk.automators.fm. We want to thank our sponsors today, Privacy, Text Expander, and Stripe. And we'll see you next time.
1: Goodbye, everyone.